hear? Or can I hear Nathan? Can you can are you talking? Can, I am now. Can oh, there we go. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Okay. We got everybody's happy. Cool. Everybody's happy. I had to wear a hat for Jeremy. Dude, everybody's gotta wear a hat. It's the thing right now, you know? The hat is on. Hey, I don't I don't, I don't have a hat. I should go, I should run downstairs and get a hat. I've yeah. only got baseball caps though. Yeah, go get a ball cap, man. Want me to? I'll go get a, a thunder. No, oh, okay. It's fine. It's fine, Mitch. It's okay. We love, we love thunder. Thunder is a great band. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is exciting. Yeah. This is gonna be fun. You know, there's a lot of hype on Twitter, so now we have to make it kind of like you know worth watching now. <laughs> now remember, he he has he has stated emphatically that he is part lion and part rug. Yes, so. part lion, part rug. Let's see that rug. Come on now, there you go. Let's see the bush. Come on. I'm such Tom Jones esque body hair. Like I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I met Tom Jones once. It was actually kind of weird and funny. I was at the uh, I was at the Savoy Hotel in London, and we were waiting to get a drink at the bar, but the bar was full, and my buddy was bartending, and he's like, "Just you know, wait like 15 minutes. There's a guy there, and we'll get you in." I'm like, "All right, cool." So 15 minutes goes by. Who's walking out of the bar? Sir Tom Jones. So my buddy and I, Tom, were like, oh, happy Christmas, Tom. And he's like, oh, happy Christmas. You're right. And we chatted for like a couple of like minutes. And then we would sit at the bar. He's like, oh, yeah, Tom Jones was just sitting here. I'm like, dude, we were just talking to him. <laughs> random, cool. super random. But in London, you never know. And if you're at the Savoy, you never know who you're going to run into. Exactly. Um, you know, uh, Jeremy, I'm going to ask you this first and, and so, so we can get this thing started. But you heard where we will ride and you've heard Inglorious essentially for the first time. You, you it, it didn't make your world, you know, your what's your first reaction to this? You like it? What do you think? I, no, think I, love, the fact, I, I love the fact that it's a band, right? It's a couple yeah. of guys playing actual instruments, a dude that can actually sing and has pipes. It's rock and roll. I mean, come on. You, you can't go wrong with that. No. You can't. Thanks, guys. That's very nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's it. You know, Inglorious Wheel Rides coming out February 12th. You can pick it up. They're doing pre-orders for signed CDs and vinyls and everything. And, uh, you know, how, how important is that for you as an artist to have actual physical copies of your CD? Because it's, it's or vinyl. Because it's not the same to just be tapping a screen, right? No, I love the fact that all of our favorite albums, you know, we will probably have on vinyl and CD, the great albums of yesteryear. So it's kind of cool to think that mine will be in someone's collection next to say, yes. I don't know, their Back in Black or, or their Appetite album, you know, it will be in the same box. And that's kind of cool to me. So yeah, that's why it's important. Dude, people are going to be pulling out right next to, you know, Bon Jovi or something, just pulling out Inglorious, you know? Yeah, which is going to be great. Uh, just like... Let, let me talk this real quick. The, the band has had a lineup change or, or, you know, three new guys have come in, Danny, Dan and Vinny. How does that affect what you do? And, and does it change the sound or, does, or is Inglorious still Inglorious because you're the voice and that's what people sort of gravitate to? I think the sound has changed pretty much every record, uh, regardless of the lineup. But yeah, it's just, it's just growth, right? right? Like if we yeah. put out four albums that sounded the same, it would be dull. Um, yeah. The only band that can do that is ACDC, like, by the way. Yeah, literally, that's it. The <laughs> only band. Yeah. There's no others that can do that. Um, but yeah, for me, I wanted to kind of show that we have growth 
but that happened naturally just from bringing a producer on board because it's the first time we've ever been produced. So mm. now all of a sudden we've got like a tiny producer and loads of expensive gear and it sounds, it, it just sounds mega in comparison to anything we've done previously, I think. Right. And especially when you're working with a producer like that who's done stuff, you know, with Bring, with Bring Me the Horizon and it's like, you know, some big sounding records. It's like, you know, I'm sure that does, in fact, elevate your game in the studio as well. Definitely, definitely uh, made us work harder and we felt the pressure of like, he's heard some great musicians, you know, and he's made some great selling records. So we wanted to be as good as them. We wanted to deliver and we wanted to be something that he would be proud of. Of producing which is kind of cool because yesterday i checked on his website and we've made it up to the website you know so we're like nice. glorious on his website so i'm like cool we did it thank <laughs> you <laughs> like <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty bad eh, if you didn't make the producer's discography on the website <laughs> yeah he's hiding it like Shh, don't tell people i worked with oh, them this shit record with inglorious oh god i just want it deleted from history no, but uh, talk to me about about giving that up in the studio because you, you have, of course, done your own stuff and you've you've had a very clear vision of what Nathan is and what your career is. Was it difficult to sort of hand over the reins and say, "Okay, you tell us what to do"? No, I I find being told what to do a struggle usually. Yes. Yes. However, when it's from someone who is like way better than me, I don't struggle with it at all. You know, like I don't go into an operating theater and tell someone how to operate on me. Do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they're better at that than me. I'm gonna let them do that. So same goes in the studio. I don't know the fucking difference between this guitar sound and this guitar sound. So if you think this is the best one, cool. Like that's your job. That's why I'm paying you. Make it sound great. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's, it's almost yeah. like it's almost like having sex. You know, you want the other person to tell you what what you're doing right and not. You know. You imagine? Um, yeah, you get feedback. That's what we need. Constructive <laughs> criticism. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, talk to me about releasing an album in this context, because normally we go out there and we we tour and you plan some shows and you go do live TV appearances and live radio appearances. And there's, and there's a whole machine that comes into place. Now you sort of can't do that. It comes out. And before anybody gets to see you play live, it could be six months, could be 10 months, might even be a year. Um, how do you promote it and get the word out? just it's no secret that i am a social media whore you know like, mm -hmm. i love it um so i've been just trying to shove it down people's throats really just like buy the album like we have a we earned no money last year because we no one could tour so right. when the people buy an album they know that that sale from our website goes directly to the band which is which is helping us so when we can eventually go back out and tour we're not skin you know i don't want right. to i don't want to i don't want to take the band back to the place where it was in the beginning where we were just kind of starting off and i feel like that's happened for a lot of artists during this COVID yeah. situation especially on my level the bigger bands i don't think have felt it so much but people grassroots kind of bands um are, are struggling so yeah we're looking forward to to playing these songs live but who who knows man who the you hell let me ask you this, you know, being an artist in the UK and coming up in the rock scene and stuff, even today, right now, you know, you're putting out this new album in a couple of weeks and, you know, with the great singles that have come off this album already, it's like, you know, do you get support from Radio X and Absolute Radio 
Do you get, you know, do, does the BBC, you know, give you guys spins? Is, is there support in the home country or are they just kind of like, nah? The main outlet for rock in this country is Planet Rock. Like Planet rock, they yeah. are, they're the biggest uh, rock radio station and they have been supportive right. of us from the, from day one. I think we're now at, this might be my 11th playlisted single on there over oh, four great. albums, which is pretty great. Um, and off our first album, they put four on. So like we wow. had, we've done really well from those guys. Um, obviously, classic rock is British. Uh, they yeah. they've been really nice. Now for that, it took four albums, but uh, we got a really good <laughs> review. Uh, so that's cool, and a feature and all sorts of stuff. Um, but as far as other radio, I've, I'm doing a spot on Radio Two, BBC Radio Two next uh, next week. The the week the album comes out. Uh, but apart from that, there's just no, unless you're the Foo Fighters, you're not getting played on Radio X, you know? Yeah, That's what I, was, I was always wondering that, you know, like, you know, is Chris Moyles calling you guys up and saying, hey, come on the show, you know, let's play your new song or, you know, like, like, does, do the local commercial stations in London, you know, support you guys? No, and that goes for, but not just us, that goes for all kind of rock in our, in our genre, especially this kind of more classic hard rock stuff. They, mm. they, they just don't, which is why it's so great that Planet Rock, you've got what, a a million weekly listeners, I think, are playing us. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this then, because you did do the TV show and you were doing the, you know, you were singing sort of the, the, the current hits of the day. Why go down the rock route? Why not take that fan base from the TV show and go deliver songs that are pop, that are you know, more like Drake, that are more like Post Malone? Why not go down that route? Because your voice certainly could handle it i mean you you certainly have the ability to go down that why not be a pop star rather than a rock star or be a country guy why not be a, a chris stapleton yeah um i i fucking hate country <laughs> i i find english dudes singing country music to be the dumbest shit i've ever heard i don't understand it it makes no sense i'm not from the deep south i don't have a pickup truck I do not ride a horse. I'm not right. singing a song about the fucking. <laughs> but but you've got you, you certainly got the look for it. You got the hat. You oh fuck you, Mitch. <laughs> it's not country look. What the hell's wrong with you? He's not singing about fucking his sister and driving a pickup truck. Come on now. Jeez. Uh, I'm offended because I'm wearing a hat and I'm wearing, you know, a little country. Oh yeah, but you're 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 covering a bald spot. That's that's a different story. <laughs> Man. Well. I was the one that was, was scared. It should have been you, Jeremy. Jeez. No, but I mean, you know, would it have been easier or, or smarter career-wise to say, listen, I'm just going to be a pop star and I'm just going to go sing pop songs because that's top 40 radio? It, it might have been a bit of a financial move, but as far right. as, like, authenticity, I don't... I am... It's very clear what music I like and what right. I sound good singing and... And I left that TV show to join the Trans-Siberian Orchestra straight away. So my path kind of was was written from then, really. You know, I'd ha I love rock. Rock is rock is in my blood. And I saw a bit of a gap in the market here, which is kind of what inspired uh, th this band happening in the first place. Is that there was no one who could really belt out a tune and really play guitar, right? Necessarily. So let me ask you then, also then that. Why be a band? I mean, you did have again, I'm going to go back to the TV thing. People knew who Nathan was. Why not just the Nathan James solo band doing the music you love? Uh, why was it important to be a band and say, yeah, this is the drummer. This is the guitarist. You yeah. know, 
Why have a band name? Why not just be Nathan James? Because that came actually from our A and R guy, who's a guy called Derek Sharman. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know Derek. He, I um, do. Derek signed famously Bon Jovi, Nickelback, mm-hmm. etc. He kind of discovered me, and when he got me the deal, he sat me down and said, "Who are your heroes?" And I said, "Okay, Robert Plant, uh, Freddie Mercury, uh, David Coverdale," and I listed off all these dudes, and he said. You didn't say Meatloaf and you didn't say Alice Cooper. Every dude you love is in a band. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I want to front, I want to front an awesome band. I love the power of five people creating something together that are all invested in that to the same level, rather than it just be me writing songs or just about me and they all get paid like a wage. I want, I want to be part of something that is powerful because ultimately the best live acts of all time are those bands, you know? Yeah, no, that's very true. They all, you're right. They all are part of band. David Lee Roth, Van Halen. Well, listen, to be fair, though, Alice Cooper was a band until he went solo, like, you know, 10 years into the career. So, yeah, it was the Alice Cooper band before it was Alice Cooper, to be fair. But uh, so that's that's an interesting take on it. Now, um, just talk to me a little bit about, sorry, me about well, we will ride uh in terms of putting it together are these songs that that are that you worked on uh with the producer and the band or are these songs where you just said hey guys i got 10 songs let's go record them talk, talk to me about walk me through the process of getting to the finished album an inglorious album is always a real group effort so i get heavily inspired by riffs and guitars guitar music is what i love so what will happen is the guys will bring me a riff and I will decide whether or not I want to take it further and turn it into a song. We create a kind of track for it. And then I go away and I add a melody in a top line. Uh, I usually start with a hook and then that dictates what the song is going to be written about. Um, however, this time I was like, okay, it'd be cool to get kind of a few different flavors in. Uh, so I actually asked, I know you had Joel on here the other day. Um, Joel Hoekstra contributed two riffs to the album, which we turned into two songs and a friend of mine who I met on a TV show, actually, who is a country writer. Uh, he, <laughs> he wrote a song. I know. I know. Could <laughs> I have the storm with me? Um, and he just get, different people get different things out of you as a writer and as a singer. So it, to me, it made that kind of varied album that has real highs and lows and different mm-hmm. colors. And yeah, it's nice to show off these new guys because although they're not new to me on a recording, they are new. This is their first record. This is Danny, who's 20, 21, my guitarist's first ever album. So wow. it's, pretty, it's pretty cool to put it out there and to think we wrote She Won't Let You Go before he was even in the band, like three years ago. Mm. Wow. Talk to me about uh, finding a guitarist and what you look in for them, because you've played with Uli John Roth. You've done the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, who have great uh, guitarists in it. You've done all this other stuff. Um, when it's time to get a new guitarist and, and you have to audition or, or find Danny, what were you looking for in him? It's the same thing I was looking for in in all the guitarists that have been in this band. Is that one person looks, who... looks first and skills second? <laughs> no, it's always it's always skill first for me because, like you say, Mitch, I've I played with Uli, I performed with. Uh, Steve Vai, Bernie Marsden, Al Petrella. The list of guitarists that I've been lucky enough to work with is quite remarkable. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. I love an amazing guitar player. I also need someone who's a performer. And I need someone who 
when I want to go off and I don't know have a have a piss or like have a drink, I know that I can let them go up to the front and they can shred and they can hold the crowd because because ultimately yeah. a lead guitar player should be a, should be a star and I've definitely got that in Danny. He's he's twenty one years old and he he's just breathtaking and he's a mate and we have great chemistry. You know, I discovered him on YouTube. He covered one of our he covered our first single like five years ago. Met really. Him first tour wow. then he became he actually became our guitar tech for like a year and then i said to him when the last guys left i rang him straight away i was like dude you're in the band like he kind of like worked his way up which is crazy to wow. think i met when he was 15 and now he's <laughs> on stage like, he, he started in the mail room and worked his way up to the actual corporate office and being in the guitar that's good yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's like journey backwards so it's 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 like arnell discovering neil on this kind it's fantastic right yeah, I'm very lucky. Very lucky to have found him. And he loves this music. Again, same thing. Danny could be playing for anyone, you know. He's he's mind-blowing. And I'm sure one day he will get those kind of those gigs, you know, like when Nuno retires from Rihanna or something, Danny will be called. That's what I think. Uh, right. So those kind of things, for me, make me feel super lucky to be in a band with him because I know he's got a promising career. But is that kind of like, you know... Are you scared that the guitar player might become a bigger star than you? Because you know, look at what Van Halen, what happened with Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen was the bigger star than Dave, and Dave couldn't handle that. Dave, Dave wasn't going to be outshone, and you know, had to leave the band and start his own thing. And but he joined a band that's named after the guitarist. Like, what? Are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you don't expect. You kind of knew the deal, right? Kind of, yeah. Like, that's the deal. Like you're joining. The, anyway, same I, thing with Bon Jovi. Hey, yeah. you joined. I'm not, I'm not scared of that. Danny loves this music, and it's truly the only thing that gives him an outlet to play like his heroes, you know, to play like Inve or like Slash, or there's not many things going on musically elsewhere where he can play like this. So yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it, it really is kind of like a specific set of skills that are required. Your, your microphone is squelching. Can you hear me now? No. No? Hello? Hello? What? The? No. Hello? Can you hear me? No, you sound like a like a robot. What the fuck? What the hell happened there? He just he just collapsed. <laughs> wow. Well, he'll be back. He'll he'll be back. That's his uh, that's his radio station profile. Can you hear me? That sounds awful. What the fuck? Is it my connection? I, I don't know, but it's it, it sounds as though we're listening to a robot. Oh, that's so weird. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, I guess you can sit there quietly and I'll finish this. Better? Can you hear me now? No? Sounds like shit. Horrible. <laughs> All right, well, can can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. okay, well, I'm using my webcam microphone. That's weird. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, you just it, it just died. Very weird. But let, let us uh, let us continue. Uh, let me just ask you this in terms of the band. Um, when you get started and, and you've said that some of the bands, you know, have had a hard time through the pandemic. How do you sort of keep this train rolling? And has there been times over the first four albums where you've just said, this is too hard. This is too much of a, a road to, to, to try to, to go through. I'm done. I mean, how do you sort of keep it moving and keep it going given the fact that radio doesn't support it, given the fact that you can't tour right now, given the fact that getting over to North America is expensive, 
How do you sort of keep the motivation and, and, and the desire to keep going? In the UK, like we are, we're a working band, you know? So like for the last couple of years, we've, we've earned a living from this and that's, that's great. I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. I left TSO to pursue this, you know? Right. So it does work here at a level. And to me, it comes down to authenticity again. I know this is what I should be doing and this is what I should be singing. And until the day that, yeah, that we get no support, I'm, I'm going to keep going with it because I, I love doing it. People are listening to it. Uh, and we're still well, the, the, the fan reaction has been, let's, let's just call it what it is. The fan reaction has been fantastic. Yeah. You know, you came out of nowhere and people said, oh my God, this Inglorious album is fantastic. And then the second album came on, they go, oh my God, this album's better than the first album. And, you know, they weren't saying that for some of the older rock stars that were putting out albums. They were going, oh, you know, so-and-so's got a new album. Yeah. <laughs> but they'd go, oh my God, is this Inglorious? Uh, and I think it might even be safe to say that this is your, the best one of the four and the other, the other three are fucking fantastic, right? Yeah, thank you, man. No, I really appreciate that because I think that, Obviously, I'm going to say that. It'll be like, actually, I think our last one was the best one. Go by that. No, but fucking buy this one. Buy this one. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool story as well. Like, how many, how many bands have been through these kind of lineup changes? There's loads of them, dude. Like, yeah. literally loads. And there's trials and tribulations. But ultimately, if people want to keep paying money to buy a CD or a vinyl or come to a show, buy a T-shirt, I'm going to keep doing it because... It's the one thing that truly makes me happy, I suppose. Yeah, I'm happy. It's too yeah. much made out of lineup changes because you look at Judas Priest. You know, Rob Halford wasn't the first singer. You look at Iron Maiden, uh, you know, Bruce wasn't the first singer. You look at Buck Cherry, their big album, 15. They had pretty much cleaned the slate and brought in a whole new team. It, it, do people make too much out of lineup changes? What I've been trying to tell people is, is that in order for it to continue you have to those lineup changes have to happen because it wasn't working so either when those guys decided to leave to pursue their own projects good luck to them it's really hard starting afresh let me tell yep. you um when they decided to do that i could have sacked it all in but what a waste of my like four years that i'd spent building this together what a waste yeah. of my time i wasn't letting someone else waste my time no. and and this is this is my baby. It's always been my baby. They auditioned to be in my band. Um, and I'm super happy that now I've got a bunch of guys around me who who feel the same way and want the same thing. We want to be in a great band. We don't want to be great individuals. We want to be in a great band. Well, well look what one of your heroes, yeah. David Coverdale. I mean, David Coverdale has been Whitesnake for whatever, almost 45 years. And how, how many players has he had? 87? Yeah. He <laughs> is Whitesnake. I've toured and worked with nine of the Whitesnake guitar players. So when you think like there's been nine, and that's just the ones I've worked with or toured. Yeah. So that it is incredible, but he never had to deal with the social media aspect of all of the lineup changes. So when David Coverdale changed his band, you read about it in a magazine and you couldn't write, oh, David Coverdale must be really hard work because yeah. he's changing his back. He never had that. He could just go home, have a glass of wine, chill out, not give a, give a fuck. But in this day and age, it's very different because people will just, you've seen those forums and those classic rock posts where it's just, yeah. just 
hate and assumption and hate and well do you yeah. deal with that do you have people saying like oh yeah third guitar zone nathan james is a prick to work with like yeah. you know people are calling to say like you know like as if you're a diva or something yeah they are and i, I find it amazing because <laughs> it's not i never left my band do you know what i mean like the <laughs> the guys left the band like if you're mad at anyone don't be mad at me i'm still trying to do this i want to yeah. perform you can come and hear these songs also if you don't like the band at all just keep your mouth shut and piss off because no one invited you to comment if you're not if you haven't bought my album and if you're not coming to my shows i don't actually give a crap what you think yeah that's, i agree it's yeah i mean that's pretty straightforward you know um I'll, I'll we'll start wrapping up but i just want to get in my my uh, obligatory scorpions question you, you of course like we said you worked with uli what was it like putting your voice to some of those classic songs to putting it to dark lady and catch your train and as i've told you i appreciate it because i actually got to understand the lyrics for the first i'm like they were saying that <laughs> an english uh, man singing english lyrics <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it was hard dude like filling in for singing the lyrics of a of someone who's got such an a famous iconic sound is really tricky so i could either like give it like a fake german accent <laughs> wouldn't have gone down very well uh or i could kind of put my own spin on it and i was lucky that uli let me do that he was so so kind in that whole process uh and yeah i, I loved it god those the early scorpion stuff is so good it's so much fun great fun to sing and I managed to, I actually flew to Japan with Uli to perform a couple mm -hmm. of shows and recorded a live album there. Yeah, which I have. Yeah. But, but the way we, the way you approach like uh, the song Pictured Life, it's just, it's just, it's just powerful. It's just great. You know, yeah. just... I tried to sing it like, it, luckily me and Klaus have a very similar range. It just sits kind of a bit more fuller for me. In order for me to get those notes out, I wasn't going, oh, follow them all. You know, I was going, hey, like just singing it more in a Coverdale-esque way, you know? Right. Just, I was just less German, I guess. By the way, how, how does Klaus sing it again? I missed that. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, that, that'll be the, the clip that you're gonna clip out and put on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. A little. <laughs> it's gonna be the headline on Blabbermouth. Nathan James throws shade at Klaus Main. It's not shade. That's just. <laughs> that's how he sounds. I love it. It's yeah, iconic. Right. It's just not. It's not me. I. I. Yeah. It's not me. That's great. Well, before we wrap up, you know, with this new album, we will ride coming out on February twelfth. You can pre-order it right now wherever music is sold. I want to talk to you about your hair care regimen because your locks are very soft looking. So, talk to me about your conditioning process. <laughs> And how do you, how do you get that luscious look? Why didn't you ask Mitch this? I use well, Dove soap, the bar. I mean, I just... You use bar soap on your head? No wonder you're bald. <laughs> God. Oh, it um, works. Look how shiny it is. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I use a fantastic product called It's a 10. And it's a 10. Yeah, and it does apparently does 10 things to your hair. It's a leave-in conditioner. And without it, I can't get a fucking brush through my hair. So it is mm. super good. Treat yourself. Go Product placement right there. Yeah, I like that. Moisturize, gents. Come on now. <laughs> oh, there you All go. Right. So well, uh, yeah, there you go. We aside, will from my, uh, aside from my technical difficulties this afternoon and, uh, you know, <laughs> Mitch being a prick, this is, this is great today. 
<laughs> Terrific. This is hey, awesome. At least I didn't throw shade on Klaus mine. So, you know. That is true. At least you weren't talking shit about, you know, your three other guitar players the entire time and how much they quit the band. It's not his fault. <laughs> I'm just going to uh kill myself so uh, yeah uh we we will ride off into the sunset folks no we will ride great album and uh, there's a song on there my misery which i think is what we're all experiencing right now but that song is uh just absolutely terrific uh go go yeah. check this out and the music video for medusa is fantastic too you know yes. how did you guys shoot that music video through this isolation thing and everything like do you guys have to pick like one day in the studio each and then go cut it or uh we kind of like took turns so like someone would do a morning and someone would do an afternoon um but yeah it's cool that song as i said was written by joel hoekstra and myself and there's obviously i don't know if you know mitch you must have seen that i'm doing a project with joel yep. and michael yeah. Swartz and tommy aldrich and yep. uh, marco mendoza so yeah I'm, I'm it's an exciting year for me and i'm super super excited about getting out there and not doing my class mind impression ever again <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that project, with the exception of Michael's uh, Michael Sweet, it's it, you're essentially fronting White Snake. I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> yes, the, the the band's not going to be called White Snake. It's they're going to call it uh, White Puppy or something. It'll be just a little bit a little, little, I, little different. <laughs> I obviously, as a fan of that band and Coverdale being my hero, my rock god, um, it is kind of cool to think that I'm going to be on an album with two current members and one ex-member of White. So yeah. that's and, amazing. And Jeremy yeah. does the best David Coverdale impression. Go ahead. No, I don't. It's okay. I do not. By the way, your band isn't called White Snake. It'll be called Brown Snake because if the music is shit, well, then you can say, oh, well, look at our name. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. This it won't be shit, I promise. Nice. And uh, there we go. And <laughs> and uh, folks, uh, well, we will ride. There we go. Yeah, there you and go. We will we will ride, man. Available everywhere. February 12th. Go buy it. Go pre-order. Go buy the vinyl. Buy the CD. Support the guys. You know, they, they need it. You know, support them. So this way, and you know, you need the CD. So this way, when you meet them after the show and you get, you know, the backstage pass from being hot in the crowd, you got something to sign aside from your tits or cock, you know. Absolutely. We yeah. learned that from touring with Steel Panther. Steel Panther's awesome. Yeah, we yeah. Did, we did two tours with them and it was friggin' amazing. Good guys. They're really good fun. They're good. good. All right, man. Well, it's great to chat. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Pleasure. Thank you, boys. Merci. Bonsoir. As we hey, wait. say. Don't uh, yes. don't don't leave yet. I'm 